Hello. Hello. How are you today? It's raining, so it's very quite nice here. It has rained every day here, except for the last two days. Nice. I prefer it when it's raining. It's now it's just hot and miserable. Last time we were talking, we were talking about Lex Friedman. At Purple Noodle Marketing, we can find the perfect plan for you. Want to grow? Call us today at 612-208-2812 to speak to our cannabis growth specialist. This is episode 52. Welcome back. We missed you. Now, if you're listening to this with someone new, let me introduce myself. Hello, I am Alvin Shia. Nice to meet you. Yeah, this is our 17 minutes podcast. This one is just for you. So we're glad you're here with us. Now, all you got to do is lay back, kick off your shoes and enjoy the next 17 minutes with my old friends, LaFool and A. I saw him a couple of times on Joe Rogan, and then I watched his podcast a couple of times. I think I watched the segments out of it, but you're the one that really kind of got me to watch him a lot more than I used to. He's a fantastic piece of not just entertainment, but education and sort of uh, deeper questioning, which I appreciate. He likes to absorb information and he likes to learn. Sometimes he tries to direct a question to get an answer maybe that he's hoping for, but if he doesn't get that answer, he's like, oh, cool. Well, why is that, right? So even if he doesn't get what he's looking for and questions something that validates whatever you know biases he comes to an issue with, he's willing to explore it from a different perspective, and I quite enjoy that. Also, I just get a kick out of the fact that half the world thinks he's a robot and that he makes fun of himself with that, and uh, it's quite enjoyable. So is he one of the ones, is he considered part of the, quote, intellectual dark web. Well, I don't know. I mean, the intellectual dark web was so 10 years ago or five years ago now, like, does it even still exist? I mean, when that started happening, I certainly don't think he was counted as a member because he was still young and up and coming at that point. I watched him a couple of times. I started to know a certain trend. He always asks like certain questions that are always the same. It depends on who you're interviewing, but uh, yeah, there are some questions that he likes to ask in general. I would like to do an episode maybe in the future where we just talk about five questions Lex will ask. I mean, we can. So one of the questions I know he asks a lot is, who is Satoshi? Yeah, he asks that to all the crypto guys because he's fascinated by crypto. So he's brought on like Vitalik and uh, Ben and the Pomp dude. He's must have interviewed 10, maybe 15 people involved in crypto. Yeah. And so he always asks that and they all have a different opinion. Uh, I don't really care who Satoshi is. Why don't you care who Satoshi is? Because he created something that was meant to be decentralized and therefore should not have a head that could be cut off. I think that Satoshi, he or she, or it, if you prefer the alien version, created this idea of Bitcoin and how to use the blockchain uh, so significantly to create a decentralized currency. I think that person understood the importance of having it decentralized, not having a head that could be cut off. And therefore, I trust that person, right? If I'm going to trust the system that that person designed to deliver me either some kind of currency solution as it originally started out, or now some kind of long-term investment holding, I got to trust that entity to say, you don't need to know who I am. That's a very valid point. 
Um, the alien version is interesting. I mean, sure, you know, the Pleiadians materialized and wrote the code or wrote the code from the Pleiades and sent it to us <laughs> through light transfer. Like, who knows, dude? But yeah. I've never heard that version. <laughs> I just made that all up. And I guarantee you it's already out there. Somebody has already written a thing on it. Okay. And has got a YouTube channel on it. Guaranteed. He had Vitalik on. And according to Vitalik, it's not Greg Wright. Okay. He's very adamant about that. Vitalik went after him. Greg Wright has a key. And Greg Wright was uh, in contact with a guy named David Gleeman, who a very few suspect he was actually in part of the ones involved with it. When David died, Greg got his key. It just recently opened it up. In my opinion, if we don't know who Christ is, but there's Saul who became Paul, that's who Greg Wright is in my book. He's a person who's trying to Hellenize, if it was in the time of the Greeks, or Romanize, if it was the time of the Romans, Bitcoin. Mm. And he has his own agenda. So I don't think it's him either. I think he knows who's involved in it. There's another guy he had on named Charles Hodgkinson. Oh, I love Charles. He's so cool. So Vitalik created Ethereum with uh, several other co-founders to include Charles. Yep. Charles left and forked making something called Cardona. Cardano. I like Charles too. He's a very intelligent guy. I could be wrong, but I think he said Adam back. Mm, I don't remember. They went back and forth and Charles offered a couple of solutions, if I remember, based on writing style and the, what was it, the FBI, the CIA technology that can pretty much pinpoint who wrote something. Mm -hmm. So they looked at the white paper and said, oh, it's probably that guy. But then he threw in a like a, yeah, but. So I don't know that he named one person. Probably right. It's been a while since I've watched that. Look, here's the deal. Anyone who was 12 years old or older at that point, potentially could have been the creator of Bitcoin. See, why'd you guys say 12? Because a lot of my friends were super intelligent by the time they were 12 and knew how to write a lot of programming and knew how to hack into some pretty significant places. 12-year-olds are the shit, okay? <laughs> and the reason that we never take notice of them is because they're all quiet in their room telling their parents, get out of my room, I hate you, right? While they're in there like, you know, redesigning the world. So it, so that's why I picked 12. Because if you haven't invested that much time into uh, computer technology, by the time you're 16 or 18 years old, you're on to other things. So that's why I went as young as I did. Another guy on Lex's show is a guy named Nick Carter. Nick Carter, who still looks like he's 12. Well, that... <laughs> am I right? Like you look at him and you're like, that dude's 12. Who let him out? <laughs> he looks a little older than 12, but I see your point. <laughs> and he says, I couldn't have done it because I would have been 13. Yeah, no, he's lying. He's totally lying. He's a suspect in your book. <laughs> he's totally a suspect in my book. Nick Carter, if you're listening, you're on her list. You're on the list, man, because you're smart enough. There's like 11 or 12. Wait, hold on. Why is it important to have this conversation at all? You're more of a Bitcoin enthusiast than I am. Neither of us have spent 10 years in the community. Why is it important to know who we think Satoshi might be? I think that 
for a lot of people, just knowing is something that is fascinating, knowing the real story behind it. So that's why I'm curious to know about it. For example, if it is, truly was Greg Wright, I'd be terrified because I think if it's the wrong person, that Bitcoin could be ruined. For example, I know some people that think it was created by the CIA. I know, yeah, lots of lots of people who think that. And by the English intelligence services for nefarious reasons, you know, and if that's the case, then there might be a problem. Cool. I personally believe that it was created by a, a group of people that all came out of the DOD and they all came out of the British government as well. They saw what the government was going to do with digital currency back in the 70s and 80s, and they thought this is bad. One of the things no one talks about, it scales way up where you need to get nuclear weapons. You don't have to go there with a bunch of gold or with a bunch of $100 bills and tons of suitcases. You can simply do it through this digital payment. And so that scales all the way up where you can do it with AK-47s, you can do it with M-16s, right? or you can do it with a nuclear bomb, a nuclear device. Okay, but what's the point? I'm getting to the point. We're going to do those things anyway. The government is going to do that, but the thing is, it's traceable. Except cash. How about cash? Because we seem to have paid for the war in Central America with cash. Cash is actually traceable too, to a certain degree. If the bills are all marked, they can all be traced back to a certain bank. So if you have like a million dollars, it all comes from one central location, you can track that. And that's the problem that the government has, especially the CIA and other agencies that were trying to do this stuff. But if you could do it with a digital payment, it could be anonymous. And they took this technology, I think, and they says, you know, this can be used for good too, because we need to scale not upward, but downward, where someone can buy something for less than a penny. And they can break this down into just segments of pennies. And that's where I think Bitcoin came from. And I think they couldn't talk about it because it's highly classified. Mm-hmm. The cyberpunk movement is where I think Bitcoin actually started. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Greg Wright was a part of that movement. He's saying things like it wasn't designed to screw around banks. You know, it was designed for a peer-to-peer payment. Who said this? Greg Wright, one of the guys who claims that he's the inventor of Bitcoin. And again, I think he saw the power vacuum. He knows that the real Satoshi may have passed, and he's trying to fill that power vacuum. What does it do him? He has a competitor to Bitcoin, and he's trying to get glory to himself. The point is, is that when you have a head to cut off... Then it gets cut off and it disrupts the whole thing. Doesn't that completely undo this idea of the Bitcoin blockchain community that underpins and makes all the decisions? Whoever Greg Wright is, he can't be the guy because somebody's going to cut his head off. Not literally. I'm not threatening the man. This is one of the problems that I think he foresaw. You become a target. You become a target for more than that. You have a million Bitcoin. Hal Feeney and other people that were involved in early days who knew who was involved in this small group had problems with people expecting ransom. And so they were like, you know, being threatened, you need to give up so many Bitcoin to this account and all, or we're going to do all this and do that. And that's one of the biggest problems. You have governments coming after you. You have mafia coming after you. You have all sorts of other people coming after you if you are the head of Bitcoin, uh, mainly the government. Because the government's going to want whoever to be the head dead. Max Kaiser, are you familiar with who Max Kaiser is? Yeah. Max Kaiser talked about it, and he's with you in that sense. He doesn't think that it's important to understand. He, <laughs> he doesn't say that it came from the aliens. He says it came from God. 
I'm not saying that it came from the aliens. I just love making shit up that I think is funny and totally possible in the current world in which we live. And so is Max. Like, I don't believe in aliens. I believe in aliens, but I think you and Max are both onto something. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, sure. It it could come from divine inspiration or for alien influence. I mean, does God, you know, give divine inspiration to 12-year-olds? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, there you go. So it's entire like it's entirely possible. I'll post a list of people that I think it is that there's or we can talk about it next time. Let's not talk about it next time because I, I literally don't care who Satoshi is. I think it's important to understand the origins of Satoshi. I think he came out of the cyberpunk movement. I think that's a very important piece to know. Again, it's your opinion, and you haven't been in the community long enough to even be a voice of reason on that. That's just like what you think. So then you're saying if you're a Christian, you have to be a Christian from the beginning in order to have views about Christianity? (laughs) No. (laughs) Then it's the same thing. If I have a view about it. So Bitcoin is a religion now? uh, Well, according to Max Kaiser, that was his whole point. It was invented by God. (laughs) (laughs) That's his whole point. (laughs) He's a maximalist. So um, I think it's important, a good subject of inquiry yeah. for people to look into, because the more that you look into it, the more that you realize it wasn't really one person. Uh, it was a group of people working together. Again, that's your opinion. And my opinion is some 12-year-old kid made it up in his bedroom or her bedroom. I thought your opinion is some 12-year-old kid got inspiration from the aliens, and that's where it came from. Oh, is it inspiration from the aliens now? The Pleiadians? There's also one other belief. Since you have your off-the-cuff belief on the left cuff, I use the right cuff, and I have one too. (laughs) I think the original code came from the singularity when AI began to talk to one another. And that's where I think the original code came from back in 2005. So you think the singularity happened in 2005? I think the singularity happened in 2005. I think that that source code uh, eventually got to the DOD. I think the DOD, some of the guys that were in it took it out and they gave it to certain people. One of them being uh, Adam Beck was involved. Um, Dave Gleeman was involved. Um, Hal Feeney was involved. And so was especially Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he put his name on it, but I think he got it from the government and he couldn't have anything to do with it, denied it vehemently because he goes to jail. Do you know that back in the day, if you released a barcode, you could go to jail for that? It was an offense, a government charge against you, like an espionage charge. Wait, sorry. If you released a barcode or the barcode technology? Even an image of a barcode. This is why someone, I forget who it was, but they made t-shirts with a, a barcode on it. And then sold those. And then went to jail? No, they didn't, didn't go to jail. But making releasing a barcode to anybody was considered a major offense. Why? Because of the technology. It was considered espionage. It was classified. And even though it's just a bunch of zeros and ones, zeros and ones. If anyone had said, hey, this is what we're working on. We got it from the DOD. They would spend 20, 30 years in Leavenworth. Sure. So that's why I think that these guys privately gave it to the cyberpunk community. One of the things that bugs me off the cuff is how much Greg Wright hates Julian Assange. Mm -hmm. And Julian Assange is the heart. 
he's center mass of the cyberpunk. Yeah. And he didn't want Julian Assange to have Bitcoin because a lot of people were trying to give it to him back when he was first doing the WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my conspiracy theory is that it came from uh, the singularity. Or 12-year-olds. Aliens, God, or AI. Or 12-year-olds. That is a question. Talk to you later. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with your friends and family. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. They're listed on our website and social media. Check them out. Have a blessed Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom. At Purple Noodle Marketing, we can find the perfect plan for you. Want to grow? Call us today at 612-208-2812 to speak to our cannabis growth specialist. 